0: Bradley, we have been certainly praying for you. There's a word today from the gospel that has been recorded in St. Luke, chapter 15, verses 8, 9, and 10. This is the second message of the summer series, and the series that we will be sharing all summer long, both on Sundays and on Tuesday nights, is entitled A Right Now Word. Amen. A right now word. This is message number two in this series. Luke chapter 15 verses 8, 9, and 10. Hear the reading of God's holy word. Verse 8, the new international version says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Jesus asked this question of the religious leaders. He says, doesn't she light a, camp, a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says to them, rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner. Somebody say one sinner. Over one sinner who repents. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. Before you sit down, catch the hands of someone that's sitting next to you as we bless the subject for today's message into someone's spirit and place it into the atmosphere. Hold those hands, look at someone and say, Loss in the house. In the house. Amen. Loss in the house. Mm. Loss in the house. Can I preach this? Pastor Bradley, I'm glad you're back. You give me guidance. Can I take my time and preach this? this morning. On last week, in the first message of our series, we discussed the parable that is found in Luke 15 and verse 1 through verse 7. That parable is known throughout theology as the parable of the lost sheep. In that parable on last week, we said to you that Jesus wanted the religious leaders of his day who were so critical of Jesus's association with certain people, people that the religious leaders deemed to be low lives, harlots and tax collectors and sinners, they they wondered aloud, why is he associating with such people? But Jesus wanted them to know that from God's perspective, somebody help me say God's perspective. From God's perspective, everyone matters. And that is so important for us to understand that God has no respect of person. Scripture we shared with you on Tuesday night simply says, God does not show favoritism. Regardless of who they may be or what they may have done, where you've come from, or what you currently struggle with, from God's perspective, everyone matters. That's why we rebuke hatred and bigotry, discrimination and small-mindedness. Because God loves everybody, even folk you can't tolerate. God loves. I am so glad you're not God. Some of you would have rid me off a long time ago if you knew my, my upbringing and some things I struggled with. And so have you. But thanks be to God. Tell somebody that I matter to the Lord. Aren't you glad to know that? So Jesus wanted these religious leaders to know that these people that you look down on These people that you think so little of, they matter to me. In fact, I have invited one of them to be my disciple. I allowed a lady out of whom seven demons came out of. I allowed her to be in my inner circle. One woman broke the alabaster box and washed my feet with her hair because to... God, everyone matters. And so now in this, our second message of this series, we would like to discuss the second parable of three that's found in Luke chapter 15. The second parable is known as the parable of the lost coin that is found in verses 8 through verse 10. Parable number one was the lost sheep. Parable number two was the lost coin. Third parable in this chapter we will share next Sunday, the lost son, the prodigal son. And so these two parables, let us look at these two parables and just point out a few similarities, a few things that these two parables had in common. Number one, both the lost sheep and the lost coin, they were both very valuable to their owners. They were loved and cherished. They had value to their owners. The second observation that we should point out as it relates to similarities, that both the lost sheep and the lost coin, although they had different pathways to where they ended up, They both were lost. I'm going somewhere. And they both were sought after until they were found. In other words, they were not given up on just because their place had changed. their, Their value never changed in the sight of the Lord. Oh, I need to say that again. Because there are too many judgmental people that when people's place change, then, then, then their value to them somehow seems to change. But I declare and decree that the devil is a liar. God still loves you. And here's the third observation of similarity that existed between these two parables. When they were both found, it was a great Time of celebration. Note there were no judgmental discourses. There were no punishments given. Nobody was placed in a corner. No one was sit down. No one was put on the back burner. No one had to work their way back up to their position. Whew. They were found and restored and celebrated. Can I say that again? Because the the 2016 church need to know this. When they are found, they are restored, and they are celebrated. Amen. Listen. However, one of the greatest distinctions, one of the greatest differences between the lost sheep and the lost coin, was that the sheep was lost in the wilderness. I'm going somewhere. Uh, a place of danger, the wilderness, a place of unfamiliarity. The wilderness, a place of predators. Somebody say, the wilderness, where there is danger, perhaps, behind every corner. Sheep was out there in the wilderness, lost, whereas the coin was lost somewhere in the house. Not in the wilderness. Not in the jungle, but was lost somewhere in the house. Now, if the wilderness was a place of danger and unfamiliarity, a place where predators lurked, then the house was a place of comfort. House was a place of familiarity. House was a place where there were common and familiar faces. House was a place where you would think there would be no predators. Why? Because I did qualify that, okay? Because it was familiar. Now, that was a different perspective. That was a distinction. But the thing we ought to keep in mind, that although one was lost in the wilderness, the other was lost in the house, I need you to help me and look at somebody and say, they still both were lost. Because, see, we somehow think that if you're out there in the world and you're doing all kind of crazy stuff, then then, then your demise is greater than somebody who comes to church every Sunday and still don't know the Lord. But I showed up to tell you they both were still lost. You can be as lost in the house as you are in the wilderness. Ooh, preach, Pastor Jackson. Can I say that again? You can be as lost in the house as you are in the wilderness. Listen, another difference between these two parables is this, is that the sheep, somebody say the sheep, the sheep perhaps was lost because of its own doing. Uh, The text does not say, but let us assume that the sheep was distracted and the sheep drifted away. Let us assume that the sheep was not distracted, but the sheep just got an attitude. And say, I'm tired of sharing this grass with 99 other people. I want my own grass because it's greener on the other side. May I preach. Perhaps the sheep just got beside itself and decided I don't need the shepherd or any other sheep. I can make it on my own. Sheep perhaps drifted away, but the coin was not at all responsible for its situation. But it was still lost. Whether it did not drift away or not, it was still lost. Now, Jesus does not say in the parable who was at fault for the coin being lost. I want to say this because too often we spend too much time, particularly in places of worship, analyzing the reason somebody is in the shape that they're in. May I preach this? We spend too much time trying to figure out how did you get hooked on drugs? How did, how did your family get to be a mess? What happened to you? Jesus does not say why it happened that is not an important fact the coin was lost and it was not important to Jesus to go in why it happens why because Jesus was more concerned with what was at stake and not who was at fault can I say that again we we are among too many people that have more concern with who's at fault and not what is at stake. Regardless who is at fault, the fact of the matter is that they both were lost. Doesn't matter how you got in the mess that you were in, it doesn't matter what happened or what you did or how disobedient you were, the fact of the matter is, tell folks, stop analyzing me and help me. May I preach. We suffer, as Dr. Martin Luther King says, from the paralysis of analysis. We know more about what happened to a person than what we're going to do to help a person. We get too many calls with, child, have you heard? We need some calls like this, child, what are we going to do? Preach, pastor. Let Let me encourage myself. Preach. Because the fact of the matter is, all of us have done some things that put us at fault. You are not without fault. We all have done some things. If God was to mark iniquity, who would stand? God says, I'm more concerned with your soul that's at stake. I don't want you to die and go to hell. I don't want you to be lost for the rest of your life. I need you to be saved. So let us change the discussion. Any naysayer, any gossiper calls you with an analysis of how a person got in a mess, stop them right away. Say, hold it. Let's end this conversation. I want to change the conversation. What are you going to do to help him? We know that the brother's life is a mess, but what are you going to do to make it better? May I preach? What the parable tells us. Is this that the woman who owned the coin when she discovered that the coin that was so valuable to her was lost and that it was lost somewhere in the house she went into action oh can I say that again to every leader that knows that you, you've got some people that are lost somewhere in the house. You've got some young people who come to church every Sunday but do not know the Lord. I told the church this morning during the 8 o'clock church, we've changed how we do things in our community. There used to be a time when parents would not leave to go to church on Sunday morning without bringing their family to church. Which, Pastor Jackson, some of us have given too many options to folk that don't need options right now. But my daddy used to say, my Holy Ghost filled." mama used to say, if you live under my roof, if you're warm by my heat, if my air condition keep you warm, And if my food keeps you full, you're going to get up and do what I tell you to do. So on Sunday morning, baby, you going to church unless you are half dead, certified by a doctor. Because my daddy was more concerned, first of all, with being my daddy before he was my friend. And he would say, son, I want to be your friend, but I'm your daddy at first. Because see, friends will tell you what you want to hear. But when somebody has the authority over you, they'll tell you what you need to hear. And thank God almighty, they drug me out of beds and drove me to places and made me sit in church even didn't want to go there, but I was under the cloud of the word, and somehow the word got in my imagination, Bill, and I knew what to do because I was under the word, whether I wanted to be there or not. Yeah. May I preach? I Can somebody say lost in the house? I don't want to make you feel guilty. Some of you are too lenient. Some some of you are too lenient. If you love your family, you don't let them be lost, and you don't do something about it. There's a a bumper sticker that says, friends don't let friends go to hell, where parents ought not let children go to hell. I don't care what you got to do. You've got to do something. Oh, let me get to the text. May I preach this? Can I preach this? coin was lost somewhere in her house. However, my brothers and sisters, allow me the homiletical liberty to share with you three things that this woman did when she discovered that the coin she so cherished was now lost and the lessons we can take away from these three things. Three things I share with you and we'll go into greater detail on Tuesday night. Number one is this. And I need you to hear this. Number one is this. And I need you to help me catch somebody by the hand. And say the first thing she did was to change the atmosphere in the house. The Bible said, Brother Cornwell, that she lit a lamp. In the house we are too busy shining our lamps in other places that don't need it as much as your own house if there are people that are lost coming to church every Sunday we need to change the atmosphere we need to light the light of the lamp and let the light shine in the house she changed the atmosphere some of you are too content with dark houses and y'all know because even in the office i look at folks i walk in the office they got it all dark so we trying to save on the light bill. i said change this atmosphere i don't work in no dark office i want some light to shine because you get energy from light you get inspiration from don't y'all invite me to your house if y'all are too cheap to cut on the lights somebody change the atmosphere cut on the light she lit a lamp why because it's hard to find what you're looking for when there's not enough light in the room oh preach pastor jackson it's hard to find the lost when there's not enough light in the room it's hard to find something That's not easily found when there's not enough light in the room. I stopped by Atlas Road to tell somebody that Jesus is the light of the world. Touch your neighbor and say, cut on the light. Jesus is the light of the world. For we cut on anything but Jesus. Jesus. Our folk cut BET on. They know more about Beyonce's outfit and Jay-Z's positioning. They know more about Illuminati than they do Jesus. But change the atmosphere and put some Jesus in the room. Can I preach? Should I preach? Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 8 and verse number 12. Two translations. He says this first in the NIV version. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Touch your neighbor. Say, cut on the light. You need to cut on the light. But I like the way the Message Bible puts it. The message Bible said Jesus said once again to them, I am the world's light. And this is what I like. No one who follows me stumble around in the darkness. The reason you stumble so much is that not enough light in the room. He says, I provide plenty of light to live in. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but touch somebody, say you need a more light in your life. You need more Jesus in your life. You need less television, less entertainment, less tweeting and Facebook and and more Jesus in your life because when your back is against the wall and your child has lost their mind, you can't get a Facebook friend to deliver them, but you've got to fall down on your knees and say, Father, I stretch My hand to thee, no other help I know. Woo! Tell somebody, cut on the light. Cut on the light. I'm here to tell you, without the light, you'll stumble. To the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, perhaps we need to change the atmosphere. We we get too content with prettiness and bigness, and we get too content with how many as opposed to the one that really needs you. We need more Jesus and less of us. Come on, somebody. We need less anniversaries and more Jesus. We need less recognition of people's awards and more Jesus. Touch somebody and say, cut on the light. Let your light so shine. Anybody can attest to the fact that you need more light. Here's the second one. Our time is almost up, but I love this one. Don't y'all get mad at me on this one. Number two, she searched for the coin, carefully, urgently, and diligently. The New Living Translation says, she swept the entire house. I need you to touch somebody and say, nowhere in the house was off limits. Perhaps she changed some furniture around, turned the house upside down. We've got some houses. Now let me just talk about this house. Perhaps there's some things in the house that needs to be turned upside down because there's some people lost in the house and we are still content sitting in our same seat acting the same way. Not only did she change the atmosphere, she changed the house. Turned it upside down, swept the old folk used to say, you don't sweep good unless you sweep under the furniture. See, mama, young folk don't know nothing about that and Clarence, They don't know anything. But my grandmama used to make Jan and I and others, we used to sweep. We used to have to go out and sweep and rake a dirt yard. Never had any grass in my grandmama's yard. But she wanted us to, I said, grandmama, why are we raking a dirt yard? She said, I want to see the lines in the sand. That show y'all rake the yard and she said, you forgot to rake under that chain of berry tree I say ain't nothing over there she said but go under there anywhere. We need some folk that'll sweep under the chairs and sweep under the pews and don't care if you hurt anybody's feelings Turn the whole house upside down. memo that you're not teaching Sunday school anymore don't get offended we just had to rearrange some furniture because there are too many lost things stuck under the couch if you get the memo somebody has taken your seat somebody now has your position don't get mad. Just say, Lord, I thank you. Because sometimes you got to turn the whole house upside down to find that which is lost. Am I right about it? We've got too many young people that can't relate to a church that's not willing to change some things around. And I love these brothers, Team Jesus and others. We stood out with you in 100-degree temperature yesterday at Drew Wellness. And you know what? They called on the name of Jesus. They didn't do it the way the motherboard did it, but it worked with their audience. And so we've got to allow people to change some furniture around. We've got to allow people to do things differently than what they've been done before. Touch your neighbor and say, sweep the whole house. Turn over the couch. Some dead roaches behind some of your couch. Come over. Yeah. When was the last time you swept under the furniture? Ooh. And here's the good news. If you sweep under the furniture, you'll find something. You'll find something that you lost. The third and the final observation is this: as you rest upon your feet, when she found. That coin that was lost, she celebrated. She rejoiced. She didn't rejoice because she had nine left. She rejoiced because the one that was lost. Now, final. She invited her neighbors and friends. She said to them, let us rejoice because I have found that which is lost. We need to stop rejoicing over people that don't need to be saved, that are already saved. I appreciate you, but I'm looking for somebody who's perhaps lost in the house. You're going through something right now, and you come to church every Sunday, but you still don't have that right relationship with the Lord. I'll tell you, and I shared my testimony as we prepare for the altar. I grew up in the church. I was the son of a preacher. and I told you I went to church every Sunday if I wanted to or not. But here's what the church didn't realize about me. They saw me, but they didn't reach me right away. And it wasn't anybody's fault. I just wasn't there. I had drifted away in my heart and in my mind. And I was lost in the house. I was lost singing on the youth choir. I was lost, Frank, being your vice president of the youth ministry, and nobody knew it. But thanks be to God, the master of the house, and that was not Andrew Charles Jackson, that wasn't Janie Jackson, the master of the house, Jesus Christ himself, the Lord God our Father, He never stopped searching for me. And when people thought I was all right, listen young people, the Lord knew I wasn't all right. When People thought that I've got it all together. The Lord knew that I really didn't have it all together. I went to school. I was student body president, voted most distinguished student in my class. Went to law school on a full scholarship worked on the Dick Riley's administration as the youngest staffer he had as an intern. And I was so lost. I really didn't know Jesus. I had a form of godliness, but I had no relationship. And folk patted me on the back, Romel, and said, man, you're doing well. Your career is on its way. But one day the master found me. My head was in my hand, tears streaming down my face. And I told the Lord, I can't keep living like this because there's something missing in my life. I've got the degrees, but I don't have a relationship. I have the accolades, but I don't have a relationship. And it's not about what others expect of me. I need a relationship with me. One day the Lord found me. One day his amazing grace found me and changed my life around. And when the Lord found me, he didn't judge me. He didn't critique me. He rejoiced. And he said, this is my son that once was lost. But now he's found. Before anybody come to this altar, maybe there's somebody in here right now. And this is between you and God. And you know that you're not where you ought to be with God. Things may be going right in your life, but something is missing. You've been lost under the couch. You've been lost under the pews. You've been lost somewhere in the house. And wherever you may be, whoever you may be, Francis choir sing this song rendition that the Clark sisters sing of amazing grace I need you to step down those aisles right now and if you're not ashamed God says I'll meet you there come on come on God is calling you right now he says I know what you are going through right now if you're here and that person you know I'm talking about you thank you young lady for being so bold come on I just need those who, who know I'm talking. This is before you come for prayer, if you need the Lord to find you, right? Thank you, young man. Come on, I need some preachers, some young people, and others to meet people at this altar. Come on. How sweet the sound. Thank you, young lady. Others. Come on, you feel lost in the house right now. Come on, young people. Y'all get there. Come on, reach them free. Come on. Don't y'all let them stand by themselves. Look at these young people coming. These are people that want to be found. You're in the house, but you're lost. You're in the house, but you're lost. to be clapping our hand in celebration. Look at these people. Yeah, yeah, come on right now. I was blind. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. The Lord is looking for you right now. Thank you, young man. Thank you, young ladies that are walking down there. Was grace that taught? Amazing grace. Look at the hey, Sharon. Love you, baby. Yeah. Ooh. the cameras on the audience. let say the wretch like me. Like me. Ooh, come on. Come on, somebody else. Come on. The Lord's looking for you. The Lord is looking for you. Thank you, young lady. Thank you, baby. Come on. I'll meet you there. Come on. The Lord is looking for you. God is coming right now. Oh, yeah. God is looking for you. I see someone else right now. You're in the house, but you're lost. You're in the house, but you need to be found. Many dangers. dangers. Just toss. Toss. Yeah. That's right. Others are coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to this. This message touched my heart so much because God reminded me. He said, there are so many people just like you. People looked at you and thought it was all right. You had it all together. You're Bishop Jackson's son. You're in the church. Things are going well. And here's what God told me. To be in the house and lost is a first class ticket to hell. Not in the wilderness, but when you're in a house and lost, that's a first-class ticket to hell. That means you're going to hell comfortable. You're going among familiarity. And God changed my life and made a difference. I did what you are doing right now. One day I walked down those aisles and the church folk look at me and says, what's wrong with you? I thought you had it together, but they didn't know my struggle. Whew. And God walked into my life and changed my life. I lost some friends, but I'm better off. I lost some classmates who, who thought that they, they didn't want to hang with me anymore. But I became better off. And as you continue to walk, these young people, this young lady coming down the aisles now and others. God says, I'm offering you an opportunity. Yeah. To those of you that are here and you need God to change the atmosphere in your life and change the environment, just raise your hands wherever you are right now. Amen. Now this is what I want you to do. I want those that can minister to you are going to take you right next door. and We're not going to keep you long, but we're going to celebrate with you what God is going to do. Amen. Because we are declaring and decreeing that what the devil thought would never come. Look at, God says, I found you. Something good is about to happen to you right now. Others are still coming. Come on quiet and tell them right now as we take them down the aisles. Come on, come on ministers and others, come on. Turn around. Take the, I watch. Come on, let's minister to them. Now everybody clap your hands as they go look at all of these but now come on clap your hands look at God look at God God. come on look at the Lord right now God's changing your life God is changing your life right now come on clap those hands Everybody is celebrating. Come on, right. Come on, listen. Look at what God. Look at what God's doing. That's one of your players. Come on. Come on. Come on, yeah. Look at God. I anoint you, brother. Just like God did for Stefan Gilmore council cross god's gonna do for you amen all your dreams are coming through the best of you is about to come out celebrate what god's doing for this young man at the university of south right? clap those hands yeah yeah Praise 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 god anybody that wants prayer come on right now if you just want prayer lead your seat and come on to this altar. Praise God. Praise God. Come on and praise God. Praise God. Come on and praise Him. Come on. Praise God. again, praise God, come on, clap those hands and praise God, come on. Just before the benediction, God told me to have this special prayer. Amen. Some of you are struggling with something right now. And although you may be in the house, people don't know your struggle. They don't realize how difficult it is for you. Some of your faiths have been challenged. The enemy told you, you don't need to come to church. It's 100 degrees outside. Hard to find a seat. Got to walk a half a mile before you even get to the sanctuary. I know what the devil tells you. But guess what? The devil is a liar. We declare and decree that we are praising God right now. And listen, I wanna I wanna touch and agree over your lives that whatever the enemy meant for evil, God is gonna turn it around for your good. I need you to help me encourage somebody and say something good is about to happen to you. There's a celebration that will be about you. Amen. Amen. We're getting ready to celebrate what the Lord is about to do. Amen. Put your arms around somebody else's shoulders. And Tuesday night, we're going to finish this. Listen, I told the church, whether I win, lose, or draw, I'll be here Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. Because I want to finish this. And I want you to hear what God has to say. Amen, somebody. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We prophesize over this congregation, over these lives. Some of them are like I was. I showed up in the house, but my heart wasn't there. But thank you for never giving up on me. You had to rearrange some furniture just to find me. You had to change the atmosphere just to find me And you've done the same some are struggling with emotional issues right now but i'm hearing you say no weapon formed against them shall prosper it is already done it is already done and we thank you for it in jesus the light of the world's name we pray and give thanks and the church that loves god's word said amen amen give somebody a holy ghost hug and say it's already done come on come on as we stand for the benediction come on yeah Yeah. let's say Say, the wretch like me. Anybody once was lost? Yeah. I once was lost. But thank God I'm found. What an awesome word. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody lift your hands and say, what's blind? glad that now you see thank God give God a praise